Hello, I'm Daniel. I'm a meditation teacher in Kansas City, and this is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. The teachings in this podcast are free of charge, but of course, if you feel compelled to make a donation, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes. Hello, I am going to read a verse from the 37 Practices of a Bodhisattva, and then I'm going to comment on that verse, okay? So, here is, and this is a text that was written by a teacher named Tolkme Zangpo, um, and sometimes he's called Gyals Tolkme. It's the same guy, though. And this is in the mind training tradition, which means it's sort of things that are supposed to be little bite-sized teachings, easy to remember, and we can call them to mind when we need them. That's kind of the intention of these. And there's 37 of them. And some say that this text contains the entire Mahayana Buddhist tradition, that like everything you need is within this text. But I'm just going to read one, one of the parts out of the 37, okay? So this is verse 2 of the 37 Practices of a Bodhisattva. Toward friends, attachment rages like a river. Toward enemies, hatred blazes like fire. Therefore, it is the practice of bodhisattvas to give up that home, where the darkness of stupidity, of forgetting what to accept and reject, prevails. So, again, that's verse 2 of the 37 Practices of a Bodhisattva. So we're talking about attachment and hatred. These are things that can cause us a whole lot of harm if we're not mindful and aware. We hold on tightly to the things we want and we try to push away the things we don't want. We sometimes have very strong feelings about both both of these areas in both of these directions. It's sort of two sides of the same coin. Sometimes in Buddhism, we talk about this concept called the three poisons, and they're usually called attachment, aversion, and ignorance, but they have a few different names. So we could call them attachment, aversion, and ignorance, or in this case, as it's stated in this version of the 37 practices, they're, what are they? Attachment, hatred, and stupidity. These are said to be the three feelings that cause us the most suffering. But in this case, we're talking about people. So I'll limit our discussion to that. The people we're attached to, the people we hate. Okay? We're attached to people we like and we're averse toward people we don't like. Sure, that makes sense. And so we can understand pretty easily why hatred is bad. It consumes us. It steals our joy. Um, When we're filled with hatred like... Maybe we turn red and we like have an ugly look on our face. We're less pleasant in general. And it also makes us do awful things at times that we wouldn't normally want to do, right? That is that is hatred. It really gets in our way because it can make us reckless. But what about attachment, right? This is a tougher thing to think about. And in Way of the Bodhisattva, Shantideva says, beings who are themselves impermanent are greatly attached to that which is also passing. I'm going to read that again because I really like it. Beings who are themselves impermanent 
are greatly attached to that which is also passing. That's you and me. We are impermanent. And this is our reminder that we can't hold on to anything. Even people. Eventually all things pass away. And that's not to say we shouldn't take delight in our loved ones as well. But we need to think clearly. And if you've ever been betrayed by someone you loved or you've ever ignored red flags in a potential partner then that you're interested in, then, well, you know, that's attachment, clouding your judgment. We want unclouded judgment. So we want to see clearly and we want to make sure we're trusting the right people and letting the right people into our lives and letting the right people get really close to us. So this is an area where we need to be really careful at times. So what's this part, all this stuff about giving up home? That's the other aspect of this. And this is uh, maybe a, a bit of a struggle to think about, but here we go. There are some different ways to think about it. I like to think it means we should sort of broaden our horizons. So we don't have to do anything just because it's what we've always done. Maybe our home can be the baggage we're carrying. You are not your history. You are not what has happened to you. You are not your family or your tribe or your culture or your political party or whatever. You aren't your religion. You aren't even your opinions and beliefs. You're so much more. Your true self is like the sky and all that other stuff is just like the weather. It's going to come and go. And because of that, if we learn to think that way, then we can learn how to put down the things that don't serve us. We can learn to hold on loosely to these things when they get in our way. That's sort of a life hack. We can learn how to hold on loosely to the things that get in our way instead of holding on so tightly all the time. The well-known scholar and teacher Atisha said, keep far away from places harmful to your mind. Stay at a place where your virtue increases. I'm going to read that again. Keep far away from places harmful to your mind and stay where your virtue increases. We sometimes feel trapped by our circumstances. And rarely are we actually trapped. I'm not saying someone has to get away from their family and friends, of course, or move away from where they were born or any of that. But if you feel you're being harmed, you don't have to stick around. You don't have to recite that story that you have to be here. You have to do this. And another thing to think about is this. We can love and care about and help all people, not just the ones who look and think like us. It seems that may be getting lost in the modern world. It may be getting harder to do that. But we can have compassion for anyone, and we should try to cultivate compassion for anyone. Some could say that this verse means we should leave our families behind and go be monks in the forest. And that's what the Buddha did. If we know, if you know the Buddha's life story, you know he left soon after his son, his only child, was born to take his spiritual journey, and he didn't return for years. So, like, his child had to grow up part of his childhood, not his whole childhood, but part of his childhood without a dad. And that's part of his story that never sat right with me. I always wondered... Was the Buddha like a deadbeat dad? Did he abandon his kid, his wife and kid? One of my teachers said it doesn't make a lot of sense 
to apply modern cultural thoughts about marriage and family to an ancient story. And I think that that there's some truth to that. The truth is that we're missing a lot of the context because the situation 2,500 years ago on the other side of the world is so fundamentally different from the situation here and now. And that's definitely true. Someone that wants to leave their family and career behind and go run away and be a monk in the forest could take that meaning here, but I don't. To me, leaving home means leaving your past and your background. Not really leaving because nothing ever really leaves, but holding on loosely rather than obsessing about it all the time. We can learn from our past, but we don't have to live there. We can we can hold our baggage a little more loosely and not make it such a dominant piece of who we are because we are more than that. Our true nature is enlightenment. So we are more than that. So that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me and have a good day. Thank you for listening and have a good day.